What is happening? What is going on? Welcome into Sports Betting Daily. How are we doing on a Wednesday? A Thursday? Hey there. I'm, I'm not giving you credit here for getting through the week. How are we doing on a Thursday? The 11th, May 11, 2023. What is happening? What's going on out there in your world? How's your week going so far? Uh, on today's show, got a couple things to go over. I'm just going to kind of riff today. I'm riffing on a couple topics. Usually on Thursdays, we do uh, uh, like concepts, sports concepts. We're going to recap what we talked about yesterday because there seems to be some confusion. I heard from a couple people, and we're going to recap the zigzag theory, NHL scoring, all that stuff. And I also have some thoughts on the NFL schedule release, uh, Mike Greenberg's take on Get Up about uh, starting or uh, sitting the starters for the Lakers. There's a whole lot of bunch of stuff to get in. It's a riffing day. Can I riff? Can I riff? Yeah, I love that uh, little, little line from Always Sunny in Philadelphia where Dennis, can I riff? Maybe we could play that back. We never play anything back on this show, but... Uh, Max, sometimes I'm just riffing. Would you allow me to riff? As the leader, can I riff? Can I riff? All right, uh, let's get into it. Uh, before we do, special thanks to Better Edge. If you want to start betting, making more when you win, losing less when you lose, because they've gotten rid of the VIG, the house tax, the house edge, start betting with Better Edge. Online, B-E-T-T-O-R, edge.com. Put in promo code SBD when you sign up for a free 20 bucks upon signing up without even depositing anything. You just put in promo code SBD, and they'll give you a free 20 bucks. All right, so let's get to it. Let's recap some things we went over yesterday. We talked about NHL scoring, zigzag theory in sports, and there was definitely some confusion with many aspects of yesterday's show, and I put that on me. I probably didn't go as deep as I should have. I was rushing before some night games, before I handicapped, and uh, so let's let's kind of dive in a little deeper and talk about what we meant with NHL scoring and then the zigzag theory. So NHL scoring, we talked about how it's up this year compared to the regular season, and historically, last 15, 20 years in the NHL, when you look at the regular season compared to the playoffs, see, we're not comparing playoff to playoff. We're comparing a chunk of games, the regular season that year, to the playoffs of that same season. Most years, last 20 seasons, it's gone up, or it's gone down, excuse me. So the playoffs come, and most people assume it's going to be much more defensive. You're going to get much more defensive games. You know, the, these things that happen during the regular season that lead to higher scoring won't be present in the postseason, which is largely true. That's why the stats have proven it's true almost every year, last 15, 20 years. So it's different this year. And I mentioned yesterday that it's that it is different this season. Yes, scoring is slightly up postseason versus regular season. But I also mentioned that it's halfway through the year or through the pl- uh, playoffs and this may likely change. This will probably change because we're more, more likely to get blowouts early in the playoffs than later in the playoffs. But we didn't yesterday talk about the market and how the market reacts because really that's what matters here. It doesn't matter what the actual scoring is doing. What matters is what is the lines to these games? What does the market think about the scoring or predicting what the scoring might be? So that's what we didn't hit on much yesterday, which is my fault. That's what we should have talked about more because the market does seem to have decently adjusted in the last few seasons. Now, scoring is up this year in general, but the market has shown some really interesting things. So I, I saw this tweet yesterday from Todd Furman, really good follow on Twitter if you like uh, sports betting content. And by the way, our Twitter, we're going to start getting more going with that. Like I have not done anything on social media. I just don't do it much, but I think we need to. I think it's, you know, I hear from people. I think it's probably important. So stay tuned. I don't know what we're going to do. But we're probably just going to start tweeting more and doing more stuff on social media. So either way, uh, I follow Todd Furman on Twitter, and he tweeted yesterday a really interesting stat. So you look at over-unders in the second round of the NHL playoffs. 
if you get an over-under pregame of six and a half or higher, so either six point six and a half or seven, the under is seven and one. So if you're taking the under on these higher totals, you're doing well. And if you look at the five and a halves, because usually in hockey, you're going to get five and a half or six and a half. They're going to adjust the price. But unless you get a rare circumstance, you're not going to see a five. You're generally not going to see a seven. So it's going to be five and a half or six and a half with a little vig either way. So if it's six and a half, or I think there may have been one seven in there, but the six and a half, seven and one of the under, and then five and a half, eight and no oh to the over. And that tweet actually happened before last night's games were played. So after last night's games, totals of five and a half are eight and no oh in the second round over. So let me, let me say that more clearly. In the second round of the NHL playoffs, totals of five and a half, if you bet the over, you're eight and no. Oh. And then totals of six and a half, if you bet the under, you are now nine and one. So what does this mean? What can we take away from this? My takeaway is the market is collectively overreacting a little bit to these offensive teams and either discounting or not incorporating the other factors that we talked about yesterday, which were goalie talent. Goalie talent's a little bit down this year. More offensive defensemen every year. There are more offensive defensemen being inserted into the NHL than there were previously. The next generation is going to be more focused on scoring. That's just what we're seeing. Uh, Power plays are getting more and more efficient. And then the zigzag theory, which we'll talk about in a second. So those reasons, goalie talent this year, more offensive defensemen, power plays, zigzag, all those need to be incorporated. And I think that, I know it's minimalistic or simplistic to say, oh, really? People are seeing, oh, this is an offensive team and betting the over. But there's so much public money in the NHL playoffs compared to the regular season. And look, just frankly, compared to other sports, because the NHL limits are so low. Yes, I think that that's being incorporated in these lines. Now, let's talk about the zigzag theory, because there was a lot of confusion with the zigzag theory. And several people out there thought that I was saying that teams actually quit. And they may have thought that because that's actually what I said. <laughs> I didn't I didn't properly phrase what I needed to yesterday. I, I phrased everything very poorly on yesterday's podcast. So The zigzag theory, to kind of boil it down to one central idea, would be that during a seven-game series, you're going to see teams switch momentum a couple times for very specific reasons. Okay. Some people think that this whole zigzag thing is like a hidden betting secret or some, you know, some phenomenon that happens in the playoffs. Really, once we talk our way through it, which we're about to, you'll see that the zigzag is less about some hidden secret and much more about making actual sense, even to basketball or hockey fans, when we break it down. So the zigzag effect goes like this. That teams, they don't quit, like I said yesterday, but when teams go down substantially in any given game, especially, especially when they're in an advantageous spot in the series, like when you're up 2-1 or up 3-2 or up 3-1 and you have a little bit to play with, that's specifically when you're going to see this. And that's precisely when the zigzag would come into effect. If a team's up 2-1 and they've looked really good, well, that's what it would zig or zag back to the other team who's down 2-1 or down 1-2. So... It's not the teams are quitting when they get back, it's, which is what I said yesterday. It's that teams are much less likely to exert the effort that it would take to come back. They figure, or the coach may figure, let's save that energy and that max 110% effort we need for when we need it the most, which is going to be next game. Because they're willing to sort of sacrifice the chances this game for a better chance of next game. 
So the chances are, as we've seen, that if you just play the game and kind of keep on going with your strategy you came into the game with, you don't go over the top making schematic changes or giving guys more ice time or more, more time on the court, taking that break between games, changing stuff then, and then surprising the other team with a much more efficient approach, a more rested approach to, has seemed to be the way to go, has seemed to be the, the way to get that win back and get the series back on your side. So again, this does not mean they quit. This does not mean that players play any less hard or throw in the towel. I think that's the actual quote I used yesterday, is throw in the towel. That doesn't happen. Obviously, it's the playoffs. This is, these are meaningful games. So to, to, to suggest that in a seven-game series, you know, the, the season's coming down to it, the teams are just going to stop playing, that's crazy. What I meant is, and what the zigzag theory implies is, that in order to win these games, in order to win a comeback game, where you're down 12 in the NBA or down three in the NHL, you almost have to get creative, change game plan, mix lines up, get some guys more minutes. That's what happens all the time, whether you're talking regular season playoffs. That's how sports work. In the regular season, when the Lakers are at the Bucks and they're down 12, of course, it's regular season. They're, they're leaving Milwaukee that night. They're going to put everything out there. They're going to Right, they're gonna maybe play LeBron a few more minutes, X, Y, Z. Right, oh, but what's that gonna do for next game? Then LeBron may play some fewer minutes next game. So you see this during the regular season. This is all ebbs and flows of any eighty-two game schedule. But how it plays itself out for an, a seven-game series or, or the playoffs in, in, in this situation is that look, let's look at last night. That was a great example of this zigzag theory where the Lakers were uh, at Golden State. Lakers go to Golden State up three-one. So the Lakers didn't approach that game as if it were a must-win game where they had to throw everything in at Golden State. You know, they played their normal game, their normal schematic game. If they look, if they went there and got the win, great. It's not like they didn't want to win, but they didn't go in or they didn't go all in schematically. But don't you think they will next game in LA up three-two, not wanting to go back to Golden State for Game Seven? That's the idea with this whole zigzag thing. And earlier in the series, you're going to get it because teams teams are feeling themselves out or you know each other out a little more. But that was a great example last night. That wasn't some phenomenon that the insiders knew and all oh, the zigzag. That was just the Lakers not putting everything out there, not not bringing any real new things to the game. They're going to go out there do what they do best. And look, look it was still a good game. It was a ten point game in the, in the fourth quarter. You know, I know Golden State pulled away late, but you know the idea of Oh, well, you know, it was a blowout. Not necessarily. So it's not like it went horribly for the Lakers, but at the end of the game, they're not going to put everything out there schematically because they'd rather save that, catch Steve Kerr, you know, and all the players, you know, Clay Thompson, Steph Curry, Draymond Green off guard by bringing it next game when they're more rested and can bring this out. Now, obviously, Anthony Davis is a part in all this, and we're not going to get with all the ancillary details, but that's the point, is that that's how the zigzag happens. So during the game... Here's the coach's mindset. Here's what it means from a mathematic point of view. During the game, in the playoffs, these teams and coaches would rather have, and these numbers are very rough, so just work with me on these, okay? They're just example numbers. But teams would rather have a 60% chance to win next game and a 40% chance to win the game they're currently losing rather than a 45% chance to win the game they're currently losing and a 55% chance next game. Coaches, especially up 2-1, up, you know, whatever it would be, 3-1, 
they're much more likely to say, you know what, let's just keep going with our game plan now. If we win, that's awesome. But let's save these major changes for next game when we can catch them, when we can surprise them, and these can be more effective. So for those out there saying, wait a minute, wait a minute. Why can't they change things up, have a 45% chance to win this game, and have a 60% chance to win next game? And the reason is you can't have them both. It's, it's by definition, you sacrifice your chances both schematically and energetically next game by putting that all in effort this game. Now, this doesn't happen game seven. This will not happen game six for either team. Likely, well, it may happen more for Golden State. Like If Golden State has one final kind of card up their sleeve, you know, maybe they, that that's an interesting question because they're down 3-2. They This is a must-win game for, for them, almost as much as it is for LA, talking about the LA Golden State game six in, in Los Angeles. So, you know, that's, I don't do a whole lot of NBA, but that's an interesting point, right? Because does Golden State save that one final thing for game seven at home if they win this game or do they go all out now? So the later you get in a series, the less likely this actually is to show up. But that's the zigzag theory. That's the zigzag effect. Now, one final note with all this. You don't just want to bet this blindly. You know, I mean, if, you, if you're betting the Edmonton Vegas Golden Knights, congratulations, you're betting that blindly and you're doing well. But every game you want to approach independently, but incorporate all this in the handicap. So we don't just want to blindly bet this stuff, but it is important to note the zigzag theory, I believe is a real thing. But like I said, once you boil it down and once we go through it, like we just did, can't you see that it, it makes more sense, right? It makes actual sense when we break it down being you know, opposed to this, some crazy hidden secret of sports betting. So that's the zigzag theory. That's NHL scoring. Hope that was a little more clear than, than yesterday's show. So, all right, let's move on. I have a few more thoughts. So let's keep riffing on, uh, on today's pod. Um, my next one is just my thoughts with sports betting me or sports media, not sports betting media in general, because you know, I, I think there's a lot of bad info and bad people out there who don't know what the hell they're talking about for sports betting media. But today we're just talking sports media because I think a lot of people out there, especially the public betters are greatly influenced by what happens on like ESPN and Today, we're going to talk about Get Up, the show Get Up with Mike Greenberg. So a couple days ago, uh, Mike Greenberg brought up the idea of, does the LA or do the LA Lakers sit their starters for game five? And by the way, Anthony Davis getting elbowed in the head has nothing to do with like bringing this to a good point. This is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Anyone who is serious about either betting sports or, you know, taking any of this seriously would laugh at the idea of sitting starters in the playoffs. Okay, so. There's a difference here. My whole point with this isn't to like rag on Mike Greenberg. He's doing his job. But it's up to us as intelligent sports bettors to sift through the good stuff and the bad stuff in the sports media universe. And a little newsflash for you, about 85% of it is complete garbage. You know, it's, it's, it's misaligned incentives. Get Up and ESPN have one goal, to drive ratings. They have advertisers to make happy. They've got to make their money. So that's one goal of theirs. And how do they do that? By coming up with the most interesting, creative content that they can. So they have these ridiculous conversations, like should the Lakers sit their starters for game five in the NBA second round of the playoffs? And they'll sit there and discuss, well, you know, I, I, don't, think I don't know, he's got a point. It's It's like... It's crazy. It is crazy. But here's the crazy part. Like that to me, yes, it's crazy that they can actually have that discussion on TV and people will watch, but whatever. That's, you know, some people are entertained by that kind of stuff. That gets the ratings, whatever. Here's what's crazy to me is you'll later hear some of this stuff regurgitated in your own group of friends 
who are seemingly smart people. They seemingly are intelligent, have good jobs, know what they're doing. But you know, then they talk about sports. It's like there's this great quote from the calling uh, one of the Colin Cowherd books, and I think in 2023 maybe we can adjust it for whoever you want. But uh, uh, the the quote goes like this: "There's nothing that makes uh, a smart man stupider than or like." Uh, there's two things in life that make smart men dumb, beautiful women and sports, right? And now I guess we could say beautiful people just to be, well, let's be inclusive. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know now what to say in 2023, but either way, that's the, that's the quote. And it's so brilliant because it's true. It's, 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 it is beyond true. I have friends personally that I would consider to be extraordinarily smart, very, very smart friends, but they start talking about their favorite sports teams and their IQ goes from 120 to 80. It's like, what in the hell? I mean, I don't get it. And I, look, I understand that I've had to shift my viewpoint because I grew up a sports fan. I was a fanatic. And look up the definition of fanatic. That's what fans are. That's who I grew up, right? Rooting for the Nuggets, the Avs, the Broncos, the Rockies. You know, I mean, I, I used to be the biggest Nuggets fan in the world. But the more I have done this for a job... I think you just naturally have to get rid of that stuff because the more you think like a fan, the more you lose betting sports because you have these stupid takes like this. And so, I mean, it's crazy. We used to have a, a podcast on this same podcast network about Denver sports and the people who did that show, I would consider to all be like smart people, like above average intelligence. But they get on there, start talking about the Broncos and all of a sudden I'm just like, what the hell is wrong with you guys? What Do you really see things this way? And they'll make these points for it's It's crazy. All right, and I know I'm going to get off onto it. Well, this is I'm riffing today, right? I'm riffing, but I'm sure a lot of you out there do that with your favorite teams, your biases on good teams and bad teams. It's 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 wild. Some of the theories that people bet on in sports. So this just adds to it. I'm not saying that all these people are saying, you know, whether it's people doing a podcast or your group of friends or my group of friends. I'm not saying that everyone is, you know, being as crazy as insinuating starters should sit in the playoffs. But it's stuff like this. It's a whole bunch of bullshit like this that I have to sit and listen to all day in media and then my friends and I hear it here and I hear it there and podcasts and radio. It's like, whew, there is so much stupid content out there of just morons talking. Well, I don't know. I just hear, I mean, it's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. So my, th- <laughs> I know I'm off on a little tangent here. But my point is, you know, watch whatever the hell you want to, but the, the point that Mike Greenberg starts impacting the way you look at the NBA, what should and shouldn't happen, what you bet on and don't bet on, because at the end of the day, you could, stuff like this seeps into your subconscious in sports and you start betting with this like mindset. You know, you may not bet on that specifically, but it's that kind of thinking and then you're making these bad bets all the time. So anyway, that's my thoughts with, with sports media and Mike Greenberg. Hey, welcome to get up. Let's talk about... You know, the Cowboys and the Lakers again for the billionth time. So, all right, before we get out of here, I do have one final thought on the NFL schedule release. The NFL schedule got released today and people are freaking out. And I've got to say, I think it's with good reason, at least for sports bettors, because there's the there's the camp of who gives a shit? All right, green jacket, gold jacket, who gives a shit? We already know who they play. What does it matter the order? But honestly, at least for handicappers, the order matters a lot. Right, home games matter, Christmas games matter, London games matter, and it's not just these games, right? It's what's happening before and after. How many road games are in a row? How many home games in a row? How much travel do you have? If you're if you're the the uh, let's say Tampa Bay Buccaneers, what if they give you Seattle and then you've got a home game 
and then you go to the LA Chargers, and then you've got a game in New York, and you're back home. Look how much travel that is, right? And typically you don't see that, but sometimes during every year you're going to get that, and that's up to a handicapper to identify soft spot in a season, strong spot in a season. I mean, this is applicable in pretty much every sport, every year. Schedule matters. The order of things matters. So that's why I look forward to this and why it's a big deal. I know they're going to make a whole thing of it in the first game of the year, in the Christmas games, whatever. But for a handicapper, this kind of stuff matters. Look at season win totals. You can get a little half game here or there just based on the schedule. So, all right, that does it for today's show. Appreciate everyone listening. Thanks for joining us on the Riffing Show, the Riffing Podcast. But, uh, Stay tuned. Tomorrow we're going to have a deep dive handicap and a pick. And then, of course, some picks coming up this weekend. So good luck, whatever you have going on today or tonight. Hope you catch some winners. We'll talk to you tomorrow right here on Sports Betting Daily.